just doing a quick lunchtime update. We don't have very long, but basically the first witness for the day was Rexburg police detective Ray Harmicello. He started off by talking about how he was contacted by Gilbert police to do a forensics on the Jeep that they suspected was at Lori's apartment. That led up to basically getting a search warrant for that apartment. They found some really interesting items of interest. When they went and when they breached the home, they had to break the door down. They found the house like it was in order, like there was dishes in the sink. There was food in the pantry. There was food in the refrigerator. But all of the clothes were gone off the hangers. There were just empty hangers. And they thought that was very suspicious. When they got to the garage, there were lots of bins. They found some pretty unique items they found some ghillie suits for those of you who don't know what that is it's like a camo suit that you would wear you know hunting they found lots of guns lots of ammunition a couple of large rifles they found a rifle that was fitted for a suppressor or a silencer on the barrel a handgun and then they the weirdest thing they found was a really obscure scary halloween mask looking face uh, on top of a bag and the bag that it was laying on top of had rope and duct tape inside of the bag they found alex cox's passport which was still active and lots of documentation so all of that we just talked about was Lori's apartment building in rexburg the next thing that happened is the same detective flew to hawaii to serve Lori. there was a an active child protection case against her to produce the children so he served her those papers on january 25th of 2020 and while he was still in Kauai, this was in Kauai, hawaii while he was in Kauai, he assisted Kauai police department with a search warrant for Lori and chad's rental vehicle and condo rentals they didn't really talk much they didn't find anything i guess mostly what was of interest is what we didn't find when they went into the condos, there was like everything was normal, furniture, clothes, but it was only for adults. There was no children's clothes, no children's toys, no teenage girls' clothes, no none of JJ's prescriptions were there. So all of this kind of leads up to the next search warrant, which was executed June 9th of 2020, and that was executed at Chad's residence in Rexburg. They executed at 7 o'clock in the morning on June 9th. Chad was sleeping. They went upstairs and woke him up. He immediately went downstairs and got on the phone, was talking to his attorney, asked if he, if his kids could leave, if he could leave. He ended up getting in his car and he was on the phone. Law enforcement noticed that he kept looking over his right shoulder. So they kind of honed in. He was looking. And if you look at the photos that they were putting up, he was back to the driveway and so when he was looking back to his right hand shoulder that's the that they started focusing on and that's where they ended up finding jj's body they started digging they had the fbi there and what they called the ert team uh, evidence retrieval team i think is what they called it they were marking stuff off. They started to dig. Chad left and went to his daughter's house, which is just, I guess, very close to, to Chad's house. It didn't take them long before they started excavating and they discovered some white rocks. Under those rocks were two pieces of wood paneling. And as those two pieces of wood paneling were removed, they could start seeing the difference in the soil. And 
took on a moist look, he said, and the smell was so bad that they had to start alternating officers because they could only take it for a little while. They did show photos in court. They continued digging and uncovered JJ. He was wrapped in a white plastic bag that was wrapped in a black plastic bag, and it was surrounded by duct tape. Once they got JJ's body out, they put it in a body bag and took it to the coroner, escorted it to the coroner, and this same detective, Ermicello, came back to the scene, and they had already started digging at a new site, which was in what their family considers the pet cemetery, and that's where they found Tylee. Tylee's remains were found much different than JJ's, still in a shallow grave, and this is really graphic, so trigger warning. They found Tylee in many little pieces, little pieces of bones. They were digging bones and flesh out of the hole. He, you could tell he was uncomfortable talking about it, even being law enforcement. They continued to take pieces and parts of her out. And at one point, they got to an area that had a bucket and there was flesh and bone that was buried in this bucket and the bucket was melted. They dug the bucket out. Under the bucket was also a human skull, which ended up being Tylee's skull. They did find pieces, bone and teeth in a fire pit that was right next to this pet cemetery as well. And that's pretty much where we left off. They were showing pictures of the burial holes and of the the place that they could find that they figured that JJ was at because the, the grass was longer in one place, but really shorter in another place. And that's kind of what honed them in on that area under the tree. So to clarify, they found JJ's body first buried under the tree. Then they found Tylee's body, which had been dismembered and burned. It seems that from the evidence that I'm hearing is that it was all found in the same whole area. It was in layers, like they found a lot of her flesh and bones. And underneath that was a bucket that was melted and under the bucket was her skull. So the difference that we're hearing between the two remains is that JJ was buried as a whole person in plastic bags and wrapped in tape, buried in a shallow grave. Tylee was not buried as a person. She had been dismembered and burned from what it appears to be in the fire pit and then moved to this grave site in the pet cemetery. The family considers the pet cemetery. It appears that her skull was buried first, the bucket was placed on top of it, and then the rest of her remains were placed on top of that, and then it was covered in dirt. So just, again, trigger warning. When they began to unearth Tylee's body, it, it was taking several officers. He mentioned that they were on their hands and knees, they were digging around in the moisture because they didn't want to miss any of the, the remains. He said the smell of a decomposing body was overwhelming. They had to take turns digging because the smell was so bad. They were slowly digging with paintbrushes, little trowels, so that they could get all of the remains without damaging anything. They eventually uncovered bits and pieces of what they assumed was Tylee, continued digging, and they came up with lots of bones and charred flesh. He used the word globs of flesh that were falling apart. 
they continued digging farther, removing some of that. Underneath it was more of another round glob of burnt flesh and bones in a green bucket. The bucket had been melted so badly that it was disformed, and it was filled with flesh and bones. They dug the bucket out. They kept switching out, digging, but they were able to get to the bottom of the mass. And when they got to the bottom, they found a partial skull. When they tried to take the skull out, it actually broke apart. I mean, it was really graphic. It was, he, he, you could tell he was having a hard time. And I mentioned these details, not to be gruesome, but to stress the severity of this completely heinous crime. That's what I'm going to sign off with. I got to get back in there. So that's it for our lunch update. I will see you guys later. 